0: Hi, everyone. This is Mike Sullivan at GWK, and this is our first quarter 2013 update for our taxable bond strategies. I'm going to take about 10 minutes today provide a brief overview of the activity in the taxable markets during the first quarter. I'll reflect a bit on how the markets behaved. I'll touch on the supply-demand picture, and then I'll wrap it up with how our strategies are positioned. Turning to the markets, uh, what we saw in the Treasury market during the first quarter was a modest move higher in yields. The Treasury yield curve bear steepened, which means longer-term yields moved higher more significantly than shorter-term yields. So for example, 30-year Treasury yields moved 15 basis points higher, 10-year yields moved 9 basis points higher, and 5-year yields moved 5 basis points higher. The general theme is longer treasuries underperformed, and the U.S. Treasury index was down uh, 0.2 percent, while the long treasury index was down almost 3 percent. The move higher in yields was driven by an improvement in employment, manufacturing, and housing data, and clearly this data made investors more optimistic about future growth and also resulted in the expectation that the Fed Uh, might end its QE program sooner than anticipated. One thing to note though, um, is by the middle of March, Treasury yields were kind of hitting their highest levels of the quarter, and then out of nowhere, um, we were faced with a standoff in Cyprus and some Italian political uncertainty, and that pushed yields significantly lower into quarter end. And so the 10-year Treasury, which topped off at about 205, sort of in that middle part of March, ended the quarter at a 1.85%. And so while the market was focused um, primarily on the improving economic environment for most of the quarter, um, the quarter end flare-up you know, kind of reminded us that macro risks continue to linger. Now turning to the credit markets, the trend in credit, uh, both high yield and investment grade credit was that lower quality outperformed higher quality and, the, and there's also a general trend of spread compression among various sectors of the market so for example when you look at investment grade corporates you'll see that spread activity was pretty muted during the first quarter so even in a risk on environment like the one we saw in the first quarter spreads only tightened two basis points and if you track spreads closely throughout the quarter there was very little movement in either direction And it's likely that concerns over LBO activity throughout the first three months of the year, it's likely that that activity prevented spreads from tightening. But if you look at the market on a little bit of a deeper level, you'll see that one consistent theme that persisted throughout was the outperformance of financials relative to industrials. Now at the beginning of the year, financial spreads were wider than industrial spreads. And during the quarter, we saw financial spreads tighten about 13 basis points while industri- industrial spreads widened by about four basis points. From a performance perspective, financials returned just under 1%, while industrials lost 0.7%. Uh, and so this relationship is a good example of the spread compression theme that we, we saw during, in the market during the quarter. And this activity also supports the argument that LBO risk held back broader spread tightening in investment grade corporates because large financial institutions generally are not LBO targets. Now moving into high yield, high yield was the best performing sector in the taxable fixed income market, up 2.9%. High yield spreads tightened 54 basis points and closed the quarter at 457 basis points over treasuries. Within high yield, lower quality triple C's substantially outperformed. Triple C spreads tightened 156 basis points, and triple C's returned 5.8%. And that compares to higher quality double B's returning 1.96%. Taxable munis posted another quarter of strong performance, up 0.92%. And finally, mortgage backed securities, uh, we saw some spread widening in mortgages. Uh, but the mortgage index did slightly outperform treasuries during the quarter. Now I'm going to take a step back here for just a minute and focus on the supply demand environment for credit during the first quarter because contrary to what the financial press wants you to believe, uh, we have not seen a so-called great rotation out of fixed income into equities There has definitely been strong demand for equity so far this year Um, and equity fund flows by any measure have been very strong. Uh, But it's important to point out that those flows into equities are largely being funded from cash, not from fixed income. So for example, if you look at fixed income mutual fund flows, you'll see that flows into investment grade funds were positive every single week during the first quarter. And year to date, the flows are over $40 billion. Now on top of flows into funds, when you look at the primary market, when you look at issuance uh, in the primary market, you'll see that over 250 billion in bonds were brought to market during the first quarter which is only slightly below the $275 billion we saw during the first quarter of last year. So these two factors along with flat credit spreads for the quarter signal that demand for investment grade debt was definitely robust during the first quarter. And when you turn to the high yield market, the picture's a little bit more dynamic, but it ultimately tells the same story. So what's real interesting when you look at the technical environment during the first quarter is you see that flows into high yield bond funds were not particularly robust. Actively managed high yield funds recorded just over 1 billion of net inflows during the quarter, which was the lightest quarter since uh, 2008. High yield ETF funds Uh, Fund flows were particularly volatile throughout the quarter and ultimately saw about $360 of outflows during the quarter. Now, our view on this is that we don't think the modest fund flows in high yield, uh, the high yield funds experienced during the first quarter, we don't think they accurately reflect the overall strength of demand for high yield debt over the past three months. If you look at the high yield market from a supply standpoint, you'll see that we saw record issuance of high-yield debt during the first quarter. Average weekly issuance of high-yield bonds was over nine billion, and for the quarter, we saw 120 billion of debt brought to market compared to the prior record of 107 billion during the first quarter of last year. And remember that during the first quarter, spreads tightened over 50 basis points. So the point here is that in order to see spreads tighten in the face of record issuance, you have to have strong demand. It simply isn't reflected in the quarterly fund flows that demand is coming from elsewhere. And I also just wanted to mention one final thing um, about the high yield market, because it speaks to a key theme for investors during the first quarter, and that theme was a general fear of rising rates and a preference for taking credit risk over duration risk. So while high-yield fund flows were modest during the quarter, when you look at the leveraged loan market, we saw record inflows into levered loan funds, and we also saw record issuance in the levered loan market. Now, levered loans are similar to high-yield debt in that they trade with high-yield-like spreads, but the key difference is levered loans are linked to short-term floating rates, like three-month LIBOR. So it's a nice way for investors to pick up extra yield with very little to no duration risk. So clearly this is a trend worth watching over the next couple of quarters. And while we recognize the rationale for making this sort of move, we think it's a little bit premature given the outlook for Fed funds over the next couple of years. Now I'm gonna shift focus away from from the markets and shift towards our strategies. Um, First, I'll, I'll talk briefly about performance. I'm happy to report that uh, all of our strategies outperformed the respective indices for the quarter. Uh, generally speaking, our preference for credit, our overweight to taxable munis, and an underweight to treasuries drove that outperformance. When you look at our core bond, our enhanced core, our total return, and our corporate opportunity strategies, you'll see that our overweight to and selection within triple B corporates uh, contributed positively to the performance. Um, In the strategies where we are able to own high yield, in overweight um, to that sector helped performance. However, our higher quality bias in high high yield and our avoidance of triple C's did detract slightly on a relative basis. Now from a positioning standpoint on our strategies, um, you know, when you look at spreads in both high grade and high yield, you'll see that they're now trading through or beneath their long-term averages. And so in this context, it's pretty easy to argue that most of the easy money has been made in credit. Yet when we think about the rationale for continuing to favor spread product over, say, treasuries, you know, our bias remains unchanged. First and foremost, Fed policy remains supportive of risk assets, and an environment of modest economic growth should also continue to be supportive of risk assets as default rates will will continue to remain low, as will interest rates. Um, So while they're, you know, looking forward, potential shifts uh, in Fed policy remain a key variable, we believe the increased transparency at the Fed should ultimately result in a pretty well-telegraphed withdrawal of stimulus, and that should give us some time, or at least give us an opportunity to adjust our exposures accordingly. Secondly, uh, we continue to favor spread product because volatility remains subdued. You know, as I pointed out at the beginning of the call, you know, towards the end of the quarter, we had the crisis um, in Cyprus and political uncertainty, uncertainty in Italy, and both of those served as a good reminder of, of the macro uh, risks that continue to linger. But it was encouraging to see that the high-yield market held up strong during those final couple weeks of the quarter, um, during that flare-up, spreads only widened out about 16 basis points, and that just goes to show that the reforms that Europe has put in place over the last you know 12 to 18 months Um, in particular the ECB's support of the euro. Um, You know, those measures have gone a long way towards reducing the volatility in the markets and eliminating or at least um, reducing the so-called left-tail risk of of a really negative outcome. So, you know, given these considerations, we remain broadly overweight credit and we believe that high yield continues to be attractive primarily because of its income appeal. Um, because of its shorter duration, and to a lesser degree for its prospects uh, for total return. Our focus within high yield remains in higher quality double Bs and single Bs, as we believe they're best positioned for a modest growth environment, and because we believe defaults in that space will remain limited. Within investment grade, we continue to be overweight financials, um, which will continue to benefit from the current regulatory environment. We're also overweight triple B industrials, which have benefited from the search for yield as well as a slow growth environment. Um, we remain overweight taxable munis because we like the yield and the diversification benefits, and we remain neutral agency mortgage backed securities which offer attractive yields relative to treasuries and limited duration risk. And finally, from a duration perspective, if you remember last year, for most of the year, we were generally positioned a bit longer than our benchmarks, um, but we brought our duration in back to neutral in the fourth quarter, and that's how we continue to be positioned today. We continue to favor the five to 10 year uh, part of the curve, and we think that that's where the most attractive role is built into the market. So I'm gonna wrap it up right there. Uh, that's it for today's call. Um, if, you have, if, if you want to uh, get more information, please do not hesitate to contact your client service representative, um, or you can log on to our website where you'll be able to find additional commentary and additional performance details. Thanks a lot, speak with you soon.